Hi, welcome to Hungary in Nashville. May I take your order? Two sweet teas, please. Got it. Coming right up. Now I know too much of a good thing is not good for me, but I love bread. A soft, warm bun with butter is just heaven. A deli sandwich made with French bread is satisfying, and a warm mix of creme anglaise and challah bread is as cozy as a warm blanket. Pretzels, scones, donuts, cheese bread—I love them all. But that basket of warm rolls placed on your table at a restaurant often isn't produced by the kitchen at all. For that, they go to a wholesale bakery. David Mosso started Charpier's Bakery in 1986, and he now produces bread for Sperry's, J. Alexander's, the pharmacy, and many other local eateries. David uses about 25,000 pounds of flour each week. That turns into 2,100 dozen hamburger buns, 700 loaves of deli sandwich bread, and 600 pounds of French bread. I'm Jim Grinstead, and now I'm hungry in Nashville. Let's eat. Well, that bakeries like mine, the small wholesalers, are disappearing. I, you know, they just don't train bakers anymore. I mean, I was very lucky, but you know, I feel like a dinosaur because people that come to the bakery, unless I train them myself, they don't come with any knowledge of anything anymore. Not even time and temperature. If I mean, if you get a restaurant person, they know time and temperature. But um, I'm, I think that the grocery store bakeries are taking up a lot of the slack. You know, I just don't know of any wholesale bakeries that there's not very many of them that have a retail. You know, I used to have other people I could talk to if I had a problem that I knew, but they're gone, and I don't really. Ha- I have a couple of people now that I'm down to, and I'm sure there's more that I just don't know. I think that's the pretty biggest problem for a baker. You don't know where to go for help. Somebody with at least with a lot of experience like me, and there's there's some out there. It just is. It's a difficult. It can be a difficult business. You know, you have to be kind of dedicated to it. And there's maybe not a lot of people that want to do that anymore. David has been baking since age 23. He started in his hometown of Greenville, Mississippi, when an opportunity presented itself. When I was growing up, you went to the butcher and got your meat, and you went to the bakery and got your bread, and then you did the rest of your grocery shopping. So I went to a bakery. I'd. Just gotten married a year earlier. I went to the bakery to get my mother a loaf of bread. This is a famous bakery in this town. They were closed, so I said there were a couple of guys standing out in front of it. And I said, "So what happened?" They said, "Well, Mr. Jefferson died." I said, "Well, are you going to open it back up?" And they said, "No, no." And I said, "So what are you going to do?" And they said, "Well, we're just going to sell the bakery." So I said, "How much do you want for it?" They said, "Twenty-five hundred dollars." So anyway, I thought, well, maybe I should buy the bakery. I was working with my father, which was going just okay. I thought about buying the bakery and just reselling the equipment because I wasn't in the food business then. The man that originally owned it was a name guy named German Brown, and and he had sold it to Mr. Jefferson, who had worked for him for years. And so German Brown got a hold of me, and he said, you know, if you would open this bakery back up, I would come down and teach you how to bake. That was the start of his forty-year career as a baker. He worked in the Mississippi bakery for eight years, but then moved to New Orleans for a few years, where he found new opportunities. Then it was off to Aspen for three or four years, and he decided he wanted to come back to the South. 
He, his wife, and two daughters came to Nashville, and at his father's urging, opened the bakery in 1986. He is now in an 8,000-square-foot building, has about 150 customers, and has brought his daughter into the business. Erin is no stranger to the world of food. She graduated from the Culinary Institute of America, and these days she handles bakery operations. David does research and development and comes in every day to check that the dough is right. When David opened his Nashville bakery, he'd already decided it would be a wholesale operation. I'm probably the worst retailer you ever met in your life. Um, I never kept things in the cases. People can ask you to do things, and then when you tell them how much it's going to cost, their, their face drops. And so uh, I found myself painting faces on cookies, and I thought to myself, this is not where I want to be. I'd been and worked in bakeries that were doing wholesale in New Orleans, and that's the bakery in Aspen was wholesale. And uh, I decided this is what I really needed to do. You make the product, you sell it, and that's it. You don't have any take-backs, you don't have any waste. It's a lot easier to make a living like that. Order up. The bakery turns out a lot of different items. There are dinner rolls, hamburger buns, baguettes, challah, whole wheat products, five or six kinds of sandwich bread, and some custom products. Each one must meet David's standards. The quality of the bread is always going to be the same. I'm not going to make something that I wouldn't eat myself. I'm not going to put any preservatives in it or any kind of crazy food coloring or something like that. We stay away from flavored breads because a lot of cases they, well, they used to serve a bread basket with lots of different kinds of rolls. And then they would complain to me that the basket would come back with this roll and that roll and they didn't eat that. And I said, well, probably cut down the selection a little bit. But no, we we have no problem with making custom product or custom size. We make a lot of bulls, French bulls, and we make them all different size. Some people use them to serve like Barcelona, and some people use them for soup rolls like Antonio's. One recent change in the restaurant industry is that diners only get rolls when they request them. Then there is the growth in ethnic restaurants, which want breads that reflect their diner's culture. What's really happened is the food scene in Nashville has changed so much, and there's a lot more ethnic restaurants here. So we have been taking a look at it to see if there's something that fits into our, our production So, you know, the biggest problem is we don't really have the machinery to make some of the breads that they're looking for. Like, I don't have a big dome to make bead on or anything like that. So, anyway, but it is worth looking at it. I find it amazing how many of the breads don't have any yeast in them. Neither David or the restaurants want to end up with more bread than they need, so they have to stay in touch and make sure supply meets demand. We call every day for an order the next day because none of them, the par levels... Sometimes they work out, but it's only been very rare that they hold up. Yeah, but not very many. The ones that have par levels are usually the ones that are calling on the weekend that they've run out of bread. (laughs) Yeah, that's an emergency for a restaurant. But does that happen often? All the time. (laughs) You know, the worst thing a restaurant can do is run out of bread. They're in a panic. Uh, I can't tell how many calls I've gotten, especially on the weekend. We are out of bread. What are we going to do? And I said, well, I've, I've got some in the freezer. We keep some bread in the freezer for emergencies. And I said, if you'll come to the bakery, I'll, I'll get it out for you. You can hear him breathing a sigh of relief on the telephone. My whole life in the bakery has been taking care of emergencies. 
the other thing is if we lay an egg and we make a product that for a particular day that isn't any good. Like we make bread for Spaghetti Factory. And one day, about half of it, we burned it. They said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we're going to give you something else to get you by for today, and then we'll fix it tomorrow. And uh, I've never heard a complaint. Order up. David said baking bread is something that is learned over years of experience. Even now, he judges whether dough is ready by pushing it with his finger. That's not something that new employees pick up quickly. I look at everything every day. The hardest thing to do is to teach. I usually take somebody who's never been in a bakery before and train them. That's the easiest thing to do. If you take somebody that's worked in several different bakeries, you have to kind of come in, bring them in, and tell them, no, I don't want you to do it like, you know, it's called delousing. I don't like to really do that. And so we take somebody without any experience, but, you know, who has a brain, and uh, teach them from scratch. I used to be on top of them about how they use their hands. But I've learned over the years that people use their hands in different ways. And as long as they make the product like I want it, and it's made in a reasonable length of time, I leave them alone. You know, it's just crazy to keep fooling with somebody and tell them, oh, you got to do it just like this. But anyway, consistency is the hardest thing to teach them. I mean, you can make something great one day, and then it turn out awful the next day. And it's just doing it over and over and over, the repetitive stuff, that eventually brings you around. You learn what not to do, what to do and what not to do. And I try to educate them along the way about what happened or what good happened, what bad happened. And I've been very lucky, the group I have now, who a lot of them have been working for me for a long time, are pretty much on the same page as I am. Most of us don't have the time, equipment, and measuring tools to make consistent products, especially since temperature and humidity can have a huge impact on the resulting bread. So here's his advice for home bakers. Well, I'll tell you something. I occasionally make these rolls for my wife that she really likes. And I'll be honest with you, when I make them at home and they come out really nice, I'm surprised. (laughs) Hand kneading is is a real art. So what I would get is like a KitchenAid mixer. I never hand kneaded bread commercially. You know, we we always mixed it in a mixer. Mixing it in a mixer with a hook, it has um, it has a better chance of developing properly, forming the gluten. And then the other thing that I've learned is even more important is if you get a formula in grams, that's the best way to scale it. You know, that cups and everything, and even ounces is not nearly as accurate as grams. So I have a scale at home that I use grams, you know, and the results are usually much better. There is a variable in bread, and the variable, people make a mistake sometimes if they think that uh, a bread is not the right consistency, like it's too wet, they add flour. But what they should have done was cut back on the water. Water is the variable. So you add a little water at a time until you get the right consistency, and then you can stop. But don't ever throw extra flour in there because it screws up the ratios of of the other ingredients. Anything else? Okay, come back soon. Hungry in Nashville is brought to you by Out of My Pocket Productions and is copyrighted 2020 by me, 
Jim Grinstead. You can listen to Hungry in Nashville on our website, hungryinnashville.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can like us on Facebook or enter your email address on the website so you'll be notified when new episodes are posted. But the best thing you can do to support the podcast is to tell your friends about it and encourage them to subscribe. And if you have an idea for something you'd like to hear, don't be shy. Send it to idea at hungryinnashville.com. Thanks for listening, and may you eat well.